So before I get into the message today, I'm actually speaking and I want to make a little disclaimer because this message that I'm preaching today is nothing that I have written. These are not my words. So this is very a new experience for me. So Jeff was actually supposed to preach this morning and was feeling really sick, so decided to test for COVID, and it was positive. <laughs> so I've been in Brisbane all week for Churches of Christ AGM and Ministers Forum, so got home yesterday and manly had to learn his message. So I've never done this before. He's jumped in for me last minute once before, but this is new for me, so we'll see how we go. <laughs> so let's start. So as you know, we're starting the series in Philippians, looking at Paul's book, but we want to talk about what happens when your faith stalls. When your faith journey, your faith walk with Jesus kind of just stops growing. Because at some point in our lives, we make the decision to set out to follow Jesus. We make that commitment to follow him. We reach that point of clarity. Yes, Jesus is someone really important. And not just someone really important. He is the most important. He is the son of God. He has saved us from sin and death. He changes every area of our life. So as we follow him, as we follow in his footsteps, he helps us to live as he has lived. He helps us to treat people like he would treat people. He helps us to orient our lives around him and helps us to follow in his way, in his footsteps. He does that with humility. He helps us with love, compassion, justice, and purpose. This is the way of Jesus. So I don't know if you've been a Christian for a long time or if this is brand new for you. Those early days that when you've just made that fresh commitment, I don't know if you remember or if you're in this right now, it's so exciting. Maybe you have a story about God breaking an addiction, maybe miraculously. Maybe you have a story about God just changing your thinking. Like it just was, you were thinking maybe dark thoughts, something different, and now God is just, your mind is free. Or maybe God has broken your heart for the things that breaks his heart. Or maybe he's got rid of those sharp, kind of rough edges and softened your heart. Not in a a bad way, in an absolutely amazing way. He's given you the strength to walk with him. And in those early days, it's so obvious to you. There's just amazing, massive changes. It's obvious to you and it's obvious to those around you. But if sometimes when you've been walking with Jesus a long time, you, you find your growth sometimes, not always, sometimes slows down. It's stalled or maybe it's stopped. And you're finding yourself there are struggles you can't shake. There are habits you haven't been able to change. There are attitudes that you just can't transform. And you might feel like you're the same person you were a year ago, five years ago, 20 years ago. You might find yourself asking, God, are you still at work in my life? Are you still working? Where are you? Is your power still real in my life? And if you've ever watched a house being built, you find you look at a house, the, the foundations are dug out, the, the, um, the timber goes up quick. What's timber called? The timber goes up quick, the roof goes on, the bricks are laid. That all happens super fast. But then all of a sudden, you kind of got the exterior, but... It seems to stall. The house seems to just kind of go really slow in the building process once they get to the interior. And even then, when you get the keys to your brand new house, maybe there are some defects still there. It's not quite perfect. Maybe if you feel like that with your spiritual life, 
following the way of Jesus. It's stalled. The, the foundations are there, the building's there, but the inside is just kind of going slow. Maybe it feels like the tradesmen aren't turning up to do the work. Listen to the words of Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Paul says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. This is the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians. He's writing to people he actually knows, people he loves, people he prays for, and people he gives thanks to God for. And Paul is certain, 100%, no doubt, that God is going to continue the work in their life that he started until it's finished. Now, you know, it's actually often, it is very dangerous to pull a verse out of Scripture and just apply it without looking at the context, without looking at the people he wrote it to, without looking at maybe surrounding passages that kind of line up with that. It can be very dangerous. We can get the meaning of that verse wrong. But today I want to give you a little shortcut into this verse in Philippians. We can actually do that with this verse to our lives. It applies to us. It's such a simple truth, but so amazingly profound. It had probably added meaning to its audience because Paul had relationship with them. But we can understand and apply it to ourselves. If God began a good work in your life, if God has transformed you in the past, if God has begun to bring light into those dark places of your life, he's going to continue it. And he is continuing it. And by the end of the message today, I hope that you can see that deep truth in your soul that even if it feels like he has stalled the work or it's, your faith is going nowhere, God promises that he is continually at work. He is moving in your life. So I wonder what you think about when you think about spiritually growing or growing as a Christian. I wonder what you would put on a list if you were to write down kind of the indicators, the markers of what that looks like in your life. So when Jeff was 20 years old, he was going to Bible college for the first time and he said he was absolutely amazed by some of the profound knowledge of these people. They were able to pull Bible verses just out of the back of their mind at a drop of like a moment's notice and just share this information. These Bible verses just live rent-free in their head and they could draw them at any moment. They were consistent in arguments. They could, they could um, because they had that knowledge they, and he inspired to that. Now, is this something that you aspire to as well, to have that kind of knowledge? Is that something that you think is an indicator of spiritually growing? Or is it kind of the opposite for you, that you feel like you're all over the place, that you bounce back and forth between ideas? You would love to be more like these people, more wise, more knowledgeable, have more understanding. But how does that happen? How do we get to that point? Is it through Bible memorization? Is it through studying the Bible? Because that's what Jeff noticed that these people were doing. And that is absolutely one way to do it. But, you know, as Christians, sometimes we rank knowledge as one of the most important things to judge our spiritual growth. If, if you had a list of indicators, what's going to be on it? Is it things like having the answer to difficult questions, not, that you're not left wondering or not knowing, that having confidence, clarity, less grey, you want more black and white truth? Or is it indicators like less sin, kicking bad habits, doing more good, not stuck in sinful behaviours? Or things like knowing more about the Bible, memorising verses, understanding what they mean, being able to quote the Bible to people? 
Now, these are all good things. These are all good indicators of God's work in your life. But they don't actually seem to be the things that the Apostle Paul is writing to the Philippians about when he says about God's good work. Because if we look at verse 9, Paul is sharing a prayer for the Philippians. And in verse 9, he says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. Paul prays that their love will overflow more and more. As God continues to do his deep work in your life and their life, love is the first thing that Paul says is an indicator of spiritual growth. Paul says this is what we should be looking for in our lives. Do we love more? Do we love God? Do we love each other? And remember, love is not just a feeling. He isn't saying that we should be bubbling up with this, oh my goodness, I feel so overwhelmed with love for you today and gratitude for you today, because that actually rarely happens. Love is action. Love is doing. And Paul says when we see God's work in our life, we can expect to grow in loving action. Love is an indicator one of the most, the most important indicators. He also goes on to say, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and love. Knowledge and love, sorry, knowledge and understanding. That is also really important. Paul says we should keep growing in knowledge and understanding that we might, we, that they're on the list for God's growth, sorry. But Paul says what's important is love. It's not just for the sake of it. He goes on in verse 10, For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. He wants us to have knowledge and understanding because that helps us to understand what really matters. So we don't waste our lives. We don't waste our money and energy. That we won't waste our time worrying about things that don't really matter. If we have knowledge and understanding about what's really important in life and faith, the other things slowly become less important. Sin may fall away from our lives and our focus and clarity becomes on the what is greater. He goes on in verse 11, May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. He prays that we will be filled with the fruit of our salvation. So what does that mean? Righteous character produced in us by Jesus Christ. So he writes about this, and if you've been a Christian for a while, you'll know this list. This is in the book of Galatians when he's writing to the Galatians. The fruit of your salvation is the, the fruits of the Spirit. And you don't have to work at them. They are things like love, joy, peace, patience. It's a sign that God is continuing to work in your life, these things. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When we let God work in us, love, knowledge, understanding, focusing on what really matters are the fruits of the Spirit. That will happen, and it brings so much praise and glory to God. So back when Jeff was 20 and he thought sort of the spiritual gifts and spiritual growth were about knowing Bible verses and memorizing more, he thought that was the case because the people he respected who were walking the Christian walk with Jesus, they did know stuff. But as the years have gone by, he realized it's actually not so much about that. It's only a small part of it. The thing about, you think about godly people that you know and respect. Because the godly people I know and respect, they do have that knowledge. But what I love about them is the joy that exudes out of them. The way they love people. The way they walk with Jesus. The way they treat people. And I imagine that 
I see the way they treat people. I imagine that's how Jesus would treat people. And that's what I see and makes me respect them as followers of Jesus. That's what makes me think they are godly people. And I've continued to realize that this is the work of God in our lives. It's the work I want God to do in my life. I want to exude joy. I want to exude love because they're the things that matter. And I want to trust that God is continuing to work in my life in those ways. So when you're looking at your life, make sure you're looking at the right spiritual markers. Do you know more than you did before? Or do you love more than you did before? Are you able to talk about your faith more clearly than you did before? Or are you able to walk in the way of Jesus more closely than you did before? Are you more confident when you think about different issues of life? Or are you more patient and more joyful? Do you stand more strongly on your convictions about politics, about what is right and wrong, what people should and shouldn't do? Or are you more kind and self-controlled? Now, we can actually have both of those things in each of those statements. They are all important. But according to Paul, the way of walking with Jesus, the most high calling is love. And that's the kind of work that God wants to do in your life, the markers that God is at work in your life. Now, there's this idea out there that young people kind of don't really know what they want. They don't know what they believe in. They don't know what they think. They're not really sure. But as you grow up, you kind of hone that in and and start to become more certain about things. You become more passionate, stronger about your opinions. and, And that's all good in some ways. But the way of Jesus as you get older, as you mature, as you grow, as should be getting more gracious. It should be, you should become more kind, more peaceful. Does that sound like the people you know around you? And if you're young, does that sound like the older people around you? And if you're getting older, if you've been a Christian for a long time, is that what is coming out of your life, out of the overflow? Is that what you're displaying? Because if it's not, maybe your faith journey has stalled a little bit. The house on the outside might look great, but the tradesmen aren't showing up on the inside. Be looking for the right markets. Because your spiritual growth is a partnership with Jesus. God does the work with you. He wants to partner with you. And if you fight him on it, it's going to take a whole lot longer. Partner with God. Work with God. Because he wants to transform your life. Now, bad circumstances don't actually stop the work of God. In verse 12, Paul goes on to say where he is because he's not in a Mediterranean villa. He's not in kind of this amazing place. He's actually in prison. He says, And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything has happened to me here has helped me to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. He's in prison. Imagine a first century prison. It would be different to prisons today. Prisons today aren't a nice place, but back then it probably was dark, wet, cold, mouldy. There wasn't the human rights kind of stuff today. So imagine the oppression and the treachery and the terrible abuse there. This is the place that Paul is in. And Paul says, God has not stopped working through me and with me in these bad circumstances. In fact, it has helped. That's mind-blowing. It's helped. Paul's in prison. Bad circumstances in our life don't stop the work of God. 
going through difficult things doesn't stop God working in you. And sometimes it can actually be the opposite. Like Paul is professing here, God can use those difficult, horrible, and evil and even evil things for our growth. He can turn it around for his glory. Paul says in verse 29, For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. The privilege of trusting in Christ. We all like to hear that. That is an amazing promise. We, it is a privilege. We've been given a privilege because Jesus is our Messiah. But the second part of that, a privilege to suffer for him, do we consider suffering a privilege? That's hard to wrap our minds around. But it can be a privilege because God will always use it to teach us and guide us, even when he doesn't, he doesn't cause it, but he uses it. So what does this mean in terms of our growth? We can trust that God is working even through difficult times, even when we can't see it. He goes on in verse 30 to say, We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. And that's an encouraging thing about being part of a church community. We are not alone in our faith journey. We have people around us who are journeying with us. And when we struggle, we have people who can, we can lean into to help us get through. Hamish Blake and Andy Lee are Australian comedians who have a podcast. And last year in one of their podcasts, they were talking about projects they do. They start these projects and they just kind of end up half finished or they don't really know what happens. It just the energy goes and they're just kind of left to the side and forgotten about. So Andy, sorry, Hamish and Andy have talked about this paint. They joke about this patron saint of half-finished projects called Saint Peter out. So it's when, like I said, when things just kind of slowly disappear. Energy goes, it stops, it just peters out. So this is what happens to some of our projects. And this is different, and this can happen in our spiritual life. So this is different to the house we were talking about that is being built. It can feel like our faith is just petered out. Somehow it's just kind of been forgotten about. We're slowly just, where is it gone? And we ask God, where are you? What is happening? It seems like it's over. It's just petered out. Because circumstances, we all know circumstances can make faith, our faith journey hard. It feels like sometimes you walk further and further away from God. Where is God? And maybe you end up even treating people badly, that those fruits of the Spirit aren't coming out of your life. But we need to go back to that uh, verse 6 in chapter 1, where the Apostle Paul is convinced that God's work in your life is not finished. God still will always prevail through mistakes, through your mistakes, through bad circumstances. He will prevail to continue to work. That is a promise we can hold on to, that he will continue to work in our life regardless. God isn't petering out. He never peters out. So don't peter out on him. And if you stay with him, he'll continue to work. And that's an exciting truth. We can look for him even when it's hard. Trust he's still working and focus on what really matters. Focus on those growth indicators of love and the fruits of the Spirit as we also work towards knowledge. But the book of Philippians is about living our life in Christ. Do you believe he is working in you to produce that overflow of love that we can show those around us? 
You and I are in this together. We are not alone. We have people around us who can encourage and spur us on. So like I shared before the message, if you want to dig deeper into the book of Philippians, I really encourage you to grab one of those soap journals. It's only a couple of verses a day. It won't take long. And go through that soap method. Dig deep. There are small groups running in our church that will be going through this Philippians as well. You can join them. See the info desk afterwards. They'll be able to help you out. Or if you want to talk about what you're learning, ring a friend, have a meal. We are in this together. It's exciting. Don't do it alone. So let me pray this morning. Jesus, thank you so much that we have that promise that you don't peter out, that you are continuing to work in our lives, that you will continue it on to completion. Lord, I pray that you will show us um, your love and as we draw close to you, that will exude, the overflow will come out of us and those around us will see your transformation, transformation of our lives. Jesus, I pray that you continue to work in us and for those who are feeling stuck this morning, for those who are feeling and asking the question, God, where are you? I pray that they'll draw close to you and that you reveal yourself afresh to them again. In Jesus' name, amen.